People are surprised when I tell them that the three biggest communication lessons of my career I learned from drunk people, priests, and teenagers. You know, I often heard the statement, uh, we are not here to be friends, but to get the job. The question is, you know, I don't want it to sound ambiguous, but does size matter? Well, definitely the size matter. Welcome to People Tech and Other Weirdness, the not so serious soft serve podcast. Here we collect stories from our people about their roles and rules, game changing decisions, wins, walls, and falls. You'll hear about technologies from those who create them. Let's see who we have on today. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to our series of podcasts. Another one, another episode in the series where I am meeting uh, with some of the folks from one of our centers of excellence, critical services, who happen uh, not only to be great technical guys, uh, but they're also outstanding communicators. And today I have Nikolai Markov with me. So with that in mind, uh, my name is uh, Kuba Kumpinski. I'm a communication expert. Nikolai, um, for, for people who are tuning in, who will be listening to the podcast, today we're going to talk about an interesting topic, which is what it's like to be on the other side. And now people might be smiling because Halloween is already behind us, but we mean a different other side. I mean, what it's like, you know, to be in the client's shoes. What is it like to work for a client company? Nikolai, before we start, maybe kind of you could introduce yourself, you know, to our audience in a, in a few words. Sure. So, yeah, I'm uh, Nikolai Markov and I'm working as a cloud architect at SoftServe. Um, I started year and a month ago. Mm -hmm. Previously, uh, I've been leading the cloud center of excellence team in the second uh, largest clinical research organization organization worldwide and i was uh, responsible for adopting the cloud and all cloud initiative and i've been working for this organization six years and before that i've been working for bulgarian uh, company which produces accounting software and i've been working there for seven years and uh, since i've been doing mostly it support and taking care of the partnership I would say that I also been in the client side. So I would say I have around 13 years of experience working for client companies. Right. Thank you for that. 13 years of experience. Wow. Now, um, you know, people are surprised. Obviously, I'm interested in communication and we're also going to touch, you know, on this topic today. And people are surprised when I tell them that the three biggest communication lessons of my career, I learned from drunk people, priests, and teenagers. This is not a secret. You know, when I was younger, I used to work a lot behind the bar and in restaurants. And I do believe that if you can calm down drunk people at 11 p.m., you can calm down everybody. And then when I think <laughs> about, uh, you know, um, priests, you know, preachers, uh, I lived abroad for a long time. And I think if you're ever in the States or in Britain, you should go to a black church, Afro-American church. You know, those preachers, the storytelling, uh, the visual language, amazing. And then actually, might be a surprising fact for a few people, I used to work as a teacher for five years. So giving feedback and, and working with the rebellious teenagers, some of the biggest, like, yeah, three biggest lessons, communication lessons of my career. Nikolai, I'm, I'm curious, what would you say have been your biggest communication lessons in your career? Yeah, there's uh, multiple lessons I've learned during the years. Uh, and I would start, start with, you know, people out and respectful. 
it's uh, one of the major lessons that I learned during uh, communication with, uh, in my case, mostly with clients and but mostly with partners and now with clients. And I think this is uh, crucial stuff of uh, uh, having good relationship and it's the fundamental of uh, building trust. And that's uh, right. So, yeah, if I can elaborate a little bit more, um, I, you know, I often heard the statement, uh, we are not here to be friends, but to get the job done. However, it's very hard to work with someone that you don't like. So mm-hmm. you always should try to, you know, make people smiling when you see you. Right. Fair enough. Nikolai, I, I've noticed we have quite different pathways. You know, uh, when I was preparing for this podcast, I was actually I actually looked at my CV and then I realized that apart from SoftServe, probably the largest company that I've ever worked for was had maybe 200 staff. So much, much smaller, you know, companies and teams. Um, how big were the companies uh, that you used to work for? So my previous company was uh, 25,000 people worldwide. Mm-hmm. So I would say quite big. And uh, before that, I've been working, as you mentioned, for small companies like 50 to 100 people in total. The question is, you know, I don't want it to sound ambiguous, but does size matter? Well, definitely the size matter. And if I can compare, you know, these large enterprises uh, from the client side perspective with SoftServe, mm-hmm. I would say that you know, the mindset is very different uh, in this organization. And, uh, you know, speaking for information technologies, uh, most of the organization still treat them as, a, you know, cost center, just a support function. And comparing with us, of course, because this is our core business here, we are business enablers. And uh, to be honest, I'm happy to see that, you know, this vision is started to be adopted by, I would say, the best enterprises and uh, the enterprises that are moving faster. They already started to adopt this vision where their IT units helping the business and enable the business to do more, to be fast and to bring more value to their customers. And um, speaking of those, you know, big companies, is there a lot of politics inside? You know, what's, what's the general culture, uh, this, you know, working culture? That's a great question. <laughs> yeah, that's the, um, the second biggest difference is exactly the culture. So usually they have a lot of politics. People have been working there for a very long time. Uh, you know, they, they know that they all start their career there and they finish it at the same place. And these kind of people are afraid from changes. They, you know, if something works fine, why we should change it? So it's very hard to change those kind of thinking. And mm-hmm. usually these changes start from the leadership. Uh, comparing with us, uh, <laughs> there is no comparison at all. I can say, if I can say <laughs> that way, our structure is uh, much more effective we are moving much more faster the level of autonomy and freedom here is amazing uh, you can grow but 
by expanding your expertise in the technologies that you enjoy to work with. Um, the people here are much more open-minded and thrilled to learn new stuff. The opportunity to work on different challenges uh, help us to gain experience and confidence in unprecedented pace. And yeah, I would say that the investment in people here is on totally different level. And uh, by the way, you're a great example of this investment in people. I would say <laughs> that, uh, yeah, I haven't heard about companies which invest in, uh, you know, uh, improving the human skills mm -hmm. of their workers. And, you know, in nowadays where more and more duties are taken by the you know, machines, technologies, mm -hmm. algorithms, at the end, you know, the human skills are, are the most important part. And I'm so fortunate to have you and helping me to become a better human. Thank you. Thank you for that. I'll take it as a compliment. Thanks a lot. It's interesting. You said about those, um, there's one, there's one thing that kind of resonates with me. You said, you know, those bigger companies, uh, the people might be afraid of changes, right? So if you work for uh, one of those enterprises, how can you survive? How can you move in such an environment? You know, it, it, it depends on the person you are. So I, I'm sure that you're aware to be afraid of changes is not always a bad thing because especially in these large enterprises, there are always some tasks that are, you know, let's say that that are not that challenging. So people that are afraid of changes, they take care of that tasks. And uh, the good news is that there's still some challenging stuff and new stuff for the guys that are thrilled to learn new things. So yeah, we, you're trying to help the company as much as you can. And if you had the chance to have, uh, you know, good, uh, great leadership, probably. This will, these changes will change the company in general. Otherwise, you will, you know, this is like comparing, um, optimizing uh, some units, small units, with comparing the optimizing the entire organization. So in the worst case scenario, you still will be able to optimize your units. So, yeah, it's still, well, again, I, there's no comparison at all. I, here at SoftServe, we have much more freedom and opportunities to, to grow and to challenge ourselves. Mm -hmm. But still, you can find some challenges. That's right. That's right. I'm going to come back to this topic, you know, in a, uh, in, in a moment, right? Maybe how to work with people who, who are afraid of changes. And we are, or we want to be this driving force, right? That's asking for some changes. I'm going to come back to it in a, in a moment. Um, so Nikolai, when you were, you know, working that partner company, or you were looking at us as a partner company, um, now you're talking about, you know, maybe some people who give you communication support. In the past, did you, I'm just curious, did you have any mentors? Was there anything that helped you out, you know, in this um, kind of aspect? Unfortunately, nope. Again, it, the best thing that you can get, uh, usually, from quant companies in the you know, IT is uh, you know, to improve your technical skills. And I think that, you know, this is part of the, as you mentioned, of the culture of these large organizations. Because when you treat some 
someone is, uh, you know, support unit, cost center, you do not try to invest much in these people apart from what they're responsible for. And uh, I would say that this uh, majority of enterprises did not realize how important it is to have your people uh, communicating better each other in order to resolve issues faster, to find new things faster. But I guess this will change. And I see that this is changing. Right, right. Nicola, you know that I like, uh, you probably know that I like stories or anecdotes. And there is, a, there is an anecdote, a very fresh one that I heard the other day that got me thinking, you know, um, I'd like to share it with you and with our audience. Uh, I was asked to help somebody out with a presentation, you know, that they're going to give, not to anybody on the client side. This is some kind of a, an event, you know, uh, internal event in the company. Let's call it knowledge sharing. And um, my task will be, to, you know, to give this person feedback on their presentation. And I had a chance to 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 meet with him, uh, meet with that person beforehand with some questions. And this is what he said. He said, "I don't care about the audience. Uh, PowerPoint is a, this pr the presentation is a theater of one actor. I'm going to talk. I'm going to explain. I'm sure there won't be any questions before I finish." <laughs> Nikolai, is this, does it sound like a recipe for success or a recipe for failure? So this sounds to me like one of the biggest mistakes that people are usually doing when communicating with clients or even vendors. Mm -hmm. So it's very important um, to respect the other people's time and uh, show them that... Uh, you appreciate the chance given to you to talk with them. It, they could be stakeholders, uh, again, vendors. So even if you think that this time is free, it's actually it's not because they are paying with their time. And uh, that's why it's really important to know with uh, who you'll be talking about and prepare the right content for the audience. Um, you can check their background, for example, as you mentioned, the meeting, you may check previous events, uh, what kind of knowing your audience is very, very important. In our case, there I've heard this several times and I still see people that are not following, but it's very easy to go to the LinkedIn, check the background of these people, search for the client, uh, uh, the company that you'll be meeting, what are the news in the industries, things like that will really help you to prepare the right content for the right people and to, at the end of the meeting, these people to appreciate that you, you do it. They will not going to tell you that, but they, I can ensure that they will appreciate that for sure. Right. I said before um, that I was going to come back, you know, to this topic of working with people who might be afraid of changes, because I think this is an important thing to know about your audience, right? Let's say they're conservative or let's say they're slow. There's a lot of, you know, procedures, documents, the flow. So if we are supposed to be this driving force and we're there uh, suggesting new things, recommending new things, offering solutions, how, how to convince, how to work with people who might be afraid of those changes? 
Yeah, definitely. First of all, you have to know this, that they're afraid of changes. And uh, no, you have to put yourself on their side. Um, you have to be transparent and uh, do not shy to share the negatives for specific solution or approach. And uh, this is very important uh, because you're building the trust of these people. And in order to help them to fight with these afraids that they have, uh, you have to be transparent. And uh, uh, it's very important also to guide them during these changes. Um, not going directly and said like, uh, you know, all of the buzzwords, mm -hmm. <laughs> words that will change totally everything like a magic it I, I if i can use a metaphor i would say it's, you don't have to you know give a sports car to someone which do not have driver's license right so from this communication point of view how would you how do you understand this word guide like when you said that we should guide them uh, what would that mean for you try to help them in this journey and be on their side think like them uh knowing again their uh their afraid uh, usually in this kind of changes the single most important part here is the leadership of the organization mm -hmm. and uh, they should taking care of conveniencing the people and the other people that are usually afraid of these changes uh why they, they should know why we are doing this why it's important and i want to clearly mention that the word why mm -hmm. is something that we should not use and this was a by the way great lesson from your side and i'm very happy that you point me to chris Voss. And uh, what I really like about uh, these why words, because people usually say they find them, find their whys. And, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> I didn't know, but when people everywhere in the world hear why, they connected it when they were a child with why you do this, why you do that. Like hearing this, uh, <laughs> this, this voice of a parent somewhere. The voice there. of a parents. And this bring your defensiveness mm -hmm. so instead of using why we should try to use what and how be more careful with your language you know be yeah. more gentle i guess right exactly we have to be uh you know always polite and careful with uh, what what and how we say mm -hmm. the things interesting you know i'm um we live in this uh, in interesting and, and, and crazy world at the same time. And when I say interesting and crazy, I mean, number one, the number of opportunities that have become available, right? For example, in the world of IT is incredible. But at the same time, uh, the pathway is so much shorter, you know, and in the past, people would kind of grow within companies more organically. You know, you did it step by step. You took a few years to be promoted to a senior position, the managerial position. You had these mentors. And now from time to time, I, you know, meet people who tell me, oh, I'm, I'm a senior. What did you do two years ago? Ah, two years ago, I was just a trainee, you know, or I was just a junior. And because, you know, the market demands it, people. And I think it's tricky because there might be people listening to us 
who are stepping up into those new roles, right? They kind of were promoted super fast, never had to deal with clients. What would you say is the, is the biggest advice, you know, that you would give them um, kind of from your experience? My biggest advice would be to invest in these human skills, soft skills, mm-hmm. and uh, make them better communicator because most of the folks uh, from our industry are strong technical folks, especially the culture uh, here takes also a huge part of our behavior. And for example, people from Bulgaria, from Ukraine, are let's say it's a bit harder to become you know better communicator in general especially from our industry comparing with the u.s guys so i would say that in my point of view it's really important for anyone uh dealing with clients and and also the other people because at the end you get huge benefit of communicating with Every single people, not only with the clients, but you Correct. just become a better human at the end. So that would be my advice. Just uh, uh, keep your technical knowledge. I know it's very hard in nowadays <laughs> to keep the pace, but uh, just put some time and invest in, in your human skills. Right. Nikolai, I'm... Um... Something interesting, you know, the working with clients with your experience and your background, what's the most positive feedback you have ever received from a client? That's that's an interesting question. Uh, so I've been in soft surf. Mm-hmm. I've been working with uh, different clients. And uh, yeah, the most positive feedback is that uh, you find you find the right problem. And the problem was not in technologies. It was in communication between our teams. People are, bring, are building these boundaries around them. And uh, you know they, they do not want to be responsible for the overall project, but just for some very small part of it. And, uh, you know, when you, because it's very often that the clients thinks that you have, that that they have a problem, these and these problems. And at the end, you find out that the problems in very different. And I can give you a quick example. Uh, Oh, great. Like the, you know, this cloud adoption journey. People are thinking that uh, it's all about the technology. So how hard it is to learn tons of uh, you know these new services all of these uh, new buzzwords but usually the biggest challenge is actually the culture and uh, changing the culture and the mindset of the people it's technology is very very small part of this journey so again we are we are back to the importance right. of communication Right, right. Well, that's it. It's interesting, you know, Simon Sinek, right, who is a famous uh, author and TED speaker and a public speaker. Uh, I like how he uh, encourages people to stop thinking and talking about soft skills as compared to hard skills and uses this phrase that you have used, human skills, right, rather than that. So interesting. 
So Nikolai, right, working with clients right now uh, with this experience, you know, being on both sides, let's say it, um, what gets you excited these days when you start a new project? So when you, you know, you meet people for the first time or you do your research, we talked about this importance of audience, learning about your audience, and then you start building this relationship with them. Um, what, what kind of things get you excited? I, of course, I always try to be prepared for the meetings and do all the research, what the guys are doing. But what makes me usually excited is when I hear people saying the exact same problem, in the exact same situation that I've been in. And, uh, you know, it's much easier for me <laughs> to put myself in right. the situation because I've been there. <laughs> I've been doing you know the same stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it's much easier uh, to me uh, for me to you know to understand them and to help them. And uh, in my point of view, this is um, how to say one very important step to understand the clients and to be on their side, to know what uh, to know their feeling. And uh, yeah, it's much easier to help them. Because you always already been there, you try different stuff. Some stuff has been working fine, other is not. So, yeah, that's that things uh, get me excited, and um, the thing that makes me happiest, I would say, is when I see their um, smile, uh, mm -hmm. when I see them happy of what we've done. I think this is the most important thing. And there's one thing that I always, um, you know, will remember always is uh, when we're doing some engagement and I have the same experience in the past with uh, partner companies, it's very often this engagement to produce just uh, pieces of papers, very expensive pieces of papers, which just sit somewhere and nobody looking at them so uh, that's why i always try to do my job in the way where i'm not going to produce just these pieces of papers and to make some really to help the clients to resolve their issues not just the uh, like uh, you know checkbox yep we done it. perfect Correct. It's interesting, you know, I was talking to somebody recently. Um, I don't want to spoil it, but, uh, you know, there are more podcasts coming in. There's one that's going to be about uh, uh, technical job interviews, right? And the person I was talking to said something interesting that, you know, this is a small world, the IT, really. It's a small world. You know, when you look at Bulgaria, maybe when you look at Poland, and he said, you never know, maybe the person that you are, uh, that you are interviewing for the job. Maybe a few years down the line, the roles will be different, right? So we, at the end of the day, we never know the value of these relationships, you know, like how polite we are, how people remember us as well. Yeah, absolutely agree. And uh, as you mentioned already, you know, these are people are moving much faster in their career mm -hmm. development. So, yeah, it's, again, we're back to the human skills. It's really important to be polite and to respect respect the other people not only the clients as you mentioned everyone 
Right, right. So Nikolai, let's kind of wrap up with uh, one last question, um, just to be on the safe side. Uh, if, if you could be me, right? So if we could change roles and, um, and, you could, and I could ask you something I didn't ask you today, uh, what would it be? One more question, perhaps. Hmm. That's, that's an interesting question. So hmm. let me think for a while. Or maybe there is a question for me that you would like to, um, to ask. Maybe, maybe what differentiates us from our competi uh, competitors and uh, will make our clients uh, to choose us, choose us to do business with them? That sounds like a great question. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it back to you, right? So so, what is it that could actually differentiate us, right? What would make clients choose us rather than other companies? So speaking for in the context of engagement with clients, um, you should try to share your experience, uh, which describes you what makes you qualified to help them. Um, you have to uh, take care of your LinkedIn profile, uh, which describe your previous roles and make sure that you're the right person for the respective engagement. Uh, if you're doing some blog posts, uh, this would be also helpful. But in my point of view, it's very important uh, the people working with clients to be mm -hmm. easy recognizable in uh, internet space because you know people <laughs> people that you don't you can't find in internet are you know bring some questions okay especially, especially joke, right? if, you're, if you're not on facebook you don't exist <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, in the it industry it's definitely helpful uh, people to see what you've been doing uh, because uh, I can assure you that uh, our clients are also doing the same researches as us uh, because uh, again they want to make sure that they're spending their time wisely with the right people and uh, you know if you have similar experience helping companies uh, from their field this definitely helps a lot, but, um, and, and also it's very important, uh, you know, to choose wisely which people you bring in this engagement. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I would say that this, uh, in the context of uh, engagement with clients, this is definitely something that will, that can help differentiate us from other clients. And just to go back to mm -hmm. what I mentioned earlier, I haven't heard about much company in our sector investing so much in human skills as software. So I think that this is a big differentiator and it's great step. Right, right. Thank you for that. So, so to recap for our audience, definitely, you know, invest in your human skills, even if you're a technical expert. Uh, definitely uh, do your research and learn more about your audience. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, remember about those little uh, little takeaways. 
Nikolai, thank you, thank you a lot for your time. Uh, I'm sure our uh, our audience will will appreciate it. I've I've enjoyed it a lot. Interesting things for sure. Uh, thanks again. It was pleasure as always talking with you, Yakuba. Thank you. It was uh, it was really nice having you. Uh, for everybody else, stay tuned for more episodes of our podcasts, talking to great technical guys in the COE who also happen to be exceptional communicators. I think we can all learn a lot from them.